Howdy, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Jeffersonian Tradition. Before we get started, I have a couple of things to go over. I want to keep bringing y'all high-quality content, but I cannot do that without your support. So please, help buy me a cup of coffee every month and join the Ward Republic by chipping in $5 per month through the supporting listener link in the show notes page. I am not part of a fancy podcasting network, and I don't like the restrictions that come along with certain advertising campaigns. So I am coming to y'all with my hat in my hand. So please help me keep this show going and keep it independent by doing your part and chipping in. If you're not comfortable with a recurring contribution model, I do also have a Cash App profile for the show. So one-time contributions can be sent there. And all of this information is listed in the show notes page as well. And don't forget that Ward Republic membership includes a monthly video conference with myself and the other Ward Republic members. And support monetary freedom today and head over to our sponsor at www.defythegrid.com to purchase your gold bags. I have an affiliate link in the show notes page, and if you use it, I will get a 1% commission, so that'll also help keep the show going. So click on my link in that show notes page and fuel monetary decentralization today. And if you aren't on MeWe yet, then seriously, what are you waiting for? Unlike a certain other social media platform, MeWe respects the right to free speech and offers a privacy bill of rights. So if you'd like to be a member there, then download the MeWe app and search for me at the username Mr. Jeffersonian. The show group is private, so we must be contacts before I can send you the group invite. With all of that fun stuff out of the way, let's now turn our attention to the topic for today's episode. And actually, before we get started, just a couple of other things. So I do apologize that there was not a show released last week or episodes released last week. I had every intention to, but my family came in for a visit, and we were just having such a good time. Honestly, I I had to put the podcast on the back burner uh, so we could enjoy our visit to the fullest extent. So with all that being said, though, now let's really dig into the topic for today's episode. All right, so today we're going to be wrapping up our study of Southern cultural continuity through music. This is the fourth episode of this little miniature series. And uh, I made sure I gave y'all a little bit of lanyap in this. I tried to initially just have 15 songs per category. Again, we have four categories, but there's actually three that have 16 and one that has 15. So you got a total of 63 songs. And these songs, again, all have a very powerful message behind them. They have a lot of symbolism, and they also talk about a lot of tangible things. They talk about a tangible location, a tangible point in time. And they're full of nostalgia. So this music, it will make you feel something. You're not going to just listen to this for background music. So today's category is probably my second favorite one. Again, my first favorite personally was the reflection category. But this one is going to be the category of agrarianism. And so what we're going to do is look at songs that really talk about the land, conservation efforts, and just the agrarian way of life. So religion getting in touch with the soil or getting your hands in the dirt. Actually, one of these songs titles is just called Dirt. So we're going to look at that and we're going to see, again, the span of Southern cultural continuity that we have all the way back to the late 1600s. And just a really, really awesome way to study Southern culture, in my opinion, in a very overlooked way, Uh, at least in modern times. I know a lot of work has been done on Southern music in the past, but now it seems that people aren't really paying attention to it anymore. So we're going to do our best to revive that. But the first song that we're going to talk about is by a guy named Jackson Brown. Now, I think Jackson Brown, if I'm not mistaken, is I think from California. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's where he's from. But the song in particular that we're going to look at is called Before the Deluge. And this is just a wonderful song. It's talking about what happens when we spend so much time focusing on chasing the dollar 
and trying to industrialize everything that we lose sight of what makes nature important. So he basically, he starts off the song, he says, some of them were dreamers and some of them were fools who were making plans and thinking of the future. With the energy of the innocent, they were gathering the tools they would need to make their journey back to nature. And so here he's saying, look, we have some of these folks, maybe inadvertently, but they're actually kind of planning a return to nature. But then we have these other people, they're kind of moving towards an industrial society. And then he goes on to say, while the sand slipped through the opening and their hands reached for the golden ring, with their hearts they turned to each other's hearts for refuge and the troubled years that came before the deluge. Now, the deluge can be very metaphorical. So in the Bible, you have a deluge with Noah and the ark, and we have a situation where the world civilization was basically set, uh, swept away, excuse me, save Noah's family. Uh, so there could be some symbolism there, or we could be talking about before the deluge of industrialism, where we just kind of sweep everything away with the agrarian way of life. So this is a very symbolic song. And then he goes on to talk about the industrialists here in the second verse. He says, some of them knew pleasure and some of them knew pain. And for some of them, it was only the moment that mattered. Now, think about that in terms of quarterly capitalism, which we've talked about when we discuss some of the problems with the corporate form and the focus on short-term results at long-term detriment. So he's saying, look, we have all these industrial materialist citizens who are only living for the moment. All they can think about is what's immediately in front of their face. Very deep song. Very deep song. And then he says, and on the brave and crazy wings of youth, they went flying around in the rain and their feathers once so fine grew torn and tattered. So maybe that could be like Icarus. I, I don't know, but that could be a callback to Icarus who flew too close to the sun. So he could be talking about mankind is kind of setting itself up too powerful where we have no humility left. We have no shame and we think we can do all these wonderful things or because we can, maybe that means we should. And he's, he's really calling out some strong critiques of modern society because he's he's basically asking the question what is the cost of all this and then he goes on to say and in the end they traded their tired wings for the resignation that living brings and exchanged love's bright and fragile glow for the glitter and the rouge and in a moment they were swept away before the deluge and so again talking about these industrial types where they get so caught up in it that ultimately it destroys them it, it sweeps them away on the winds of time or in this case on the deluge or with the deluge and then in the last verse he says some of them were angry at the way the earth was abused by the men who learned how to forge her beauty into power now this is this has a lot of crossover with john denver's music and we got a john denver song on here that we're going to talk about but think about what he's saying there at the way the earth was abused by the men who learned to forge her beauty into power. And so think about, again, we can even tie this in with our Hamiltonian episodes. Think about these types of people. All they see is a way to make money. All they see is a way to turn something that's beautiful into something that is ugly and seeking profit. Now, profit is not bad. I, that is not what I'm saying. Profit is not a bad motive. That's why a business, at least in theory, exists is to make profit. However, we need to be good stewards of the resources that we've been given when it comes to seeking that profit, and we need to do this the right way. So when we have companies like Apple, like Tesla, like all these companies who need these batteries where they offshore the strip mine into Africa so we just don't see it here, this is a strong critique of that system. This is a very strong critique of that system. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this song up here again. This is called Before the Deluge. Jackson Brown, uh, during the pandemic, actually did a version of this from his home studio. That is my favorite version of it. You can find it on YouTube. But this is a wonderful song. And honestly, I think it's probably the front runner candidate for any sort of unofficial anthem of the agrarian movement. 
So again, that's called Before the Deluge. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is a fun song, and this one actually is by John Denver. He's actually got a couple of songs on this particular category. This one is Thank God I'm a Country Boy. And I think anybody, uh, obviously, who has seen the movie Son-in-Law with Pauly Shore has at least heard a clip of this song. But I think everybody's probably heard this song at least once. And this is, again, a very fun song. And I just love the way this song starts off. So it starts off with just some clapping and John Denver singing a cappella. So it's, the opening lyrics are, Well, life on the farm is kind of laid back. Ain't much an old country boy like me can hack. It's early to rise, early in the sack. Thank God I'm a country boy. So he's talking about, look, I, you know, I'm glad I live out here on this farm and there's not much I can't handle. So if it's in terms of the day-to-day work, it's fine. Uh, if it's needing to get up early, that's fine. Or if it's things that's going on with the family, that's fine too, because I can hack it because I'm a country boy. So this is just a very fun song. And then he goes on to talk about it in the next verse. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm, raising me a family and working on the farm. Days are all filled with an easy country charm and thank God I'm a country boy. And so then the chorus is, well, I got me a fine wife, I got me old fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the griddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country boy. And so, again, what is he talking about there? He's saying, look, I don't need all the trappings of a city. I, I have all this stuff out here on the farm. And much like we talked about with the category of reflection and the category of affirmation, he's talking about he has his wife. He has a, well, later in the song, he talks about he has a kid. He has his fiddle, and he can cook some pancakes, so he's happy about that. So again, another call out to the food, and food is very, very important in Southern culture. We see that time and time again through the music, where whether it's Hank Jr. in the New South saying he don't want no uh, little old Danish rolls, he must have ham and grits. Now it's John Denver saying, I could, I, you know, I got cakes on the griddle, which are pancakes or flapjacks, whatever you want to call them. And so, he, very fun song here, and he goes on, uh, we're going to skip through some of this song, because he's got a lot of lyrics in here, and it's a great song, but we're going to skip through some of that. But he goes on to talk about the last couple of verses here. He says, yes, yeah, city folk driving in a black limousine, a lot of sad people thinking that's a mighty keen. Well, son, let me tell you now exactly what I mean. Thank God I'm a country boy. And so he's saying, again, I don't want the city life. I've actually seen it, and I don't want it. And John Denver, his personal story, he, he did see that. He actually was born and raised, I think, up in the Pennsylvania area. And he eventually moved out west here to the state of Colorado. Um, and so not necessarily exactly southern, although there was in the past a very natural pipeline for southerners to come west. So even though Denver was born and raised in Pennsylvania, you can still see elements of that southern agrarianism here because of what he's talking about. Family is more important than money chasing. You have the ability to be self-sustaining on your farm, and you can make music, you can sing, you can enjoy the arts as arts. You don't have to try to enjoy them in the abstract or because you feel that's what you're supposed to do. You can enjoy them for the simple sake that you can do them. And so that's very powerful because the arts are one thing that the Southern agrarians actually talked about a lot, especially Donald Davidson. He talked about the arts a lot and how we were losing the ability to really make art. And In other words, he was saying... We're going to manufacture art, but we're not really going to do art anymore. So it's kind of an abstract notion, but if you ever read Donald Davidson, it, it makes a lot more sense. Honestly, I'm kind of butchering that explanation. But I, I see what he's talking about when John Denver says this, because, again, Denver can play his fiddle. He can make his music. He can make his food. He can grow his crops. He's got his family there, and that's all he wants. That's all he needs. And then in the last verse he's or actually i'm sorry the next to last verse he says well my fiddle was my daddy's till the day he died and he took me by the hand held me close to his side said son live a good life play my fiddle with pride and thank god you're a country boy 
And so this is going to be something that we see in another song on this list called Pass It On, but where you have that generational continuity of you keep things in the family, you build it up generation upon generation, you keep it going. And so again, very fun song here. It's Thank God I'm a Country Boy by John Denver. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is one by Leonard Skinner. This is All I Can Do Is Write About It. And this is honestly one of my favorite songs by them. It's a very nice, soft acoustic song. And this is just, again, full-on agrarianism and wanting to protect the land, but also it's written from the point of view of somebody who can see the industrial system starting to take over his agrarian lifestyle. And he actually asked the Lord to take him in mind before that comes. Now, my thought on that is that he's saying, Lord, please, please just take me home before it gets to this point, before I see it ruined in my lifetime. So, and there's a, you can actually, there's an interview on YouTube, or there's a version of this song on YouTube where they interview Ronnie Van Zant, who was the first original lead singer of Leonard Skinner. And he talks about this. He, he's actually out fishing and somebody's interviewing him and he talks about this. He says, I, I don't want to see the concrete jungle take over all the streams, the rivers, the woods and all that. He said, I, I want to go home before that happens. And by home, I, I, you know, I can only assume he means going to heaven or, or whatever he believed as far as the afterlife is concerned. But this song is, again, really beautiful. It starts off, well, this life that I live has took me everywhere. Now, there ain't no place I ain't never gone. Now, we're going to harken back to Richard Weaver, where he says Southerners, after the War for Southern Independence, were sort of faced with a version of Rumspringa, where they had to go out and see these different lifestyles and then make a conscious decision. Did they want to go back home, or did they at least want to maintain the Southern way of life where they were, or did they want to embrace the new one? So here in those first lyrics, that is exactly what Ronnie Van Zant's saying. He says, look, I've traveled everywhere, you know, with the band. I, I've gone all over the place, and there, there's nowhere I ain't never been. And then he goes on to follow that up, though, with, well, it's kind of like the saying that you heard so many times, well, there just ain't no place like home. Did you ever see a she-gator protect her youngin' or a fish in a river swimming free? Did you ever see the beauty of the hills of Carolina or the sweetness of the grass in Tennessee? And that is deep. So he's he's right there in the first couple of stanzas. He is affirming. He's like, yes, I've been everywhere, but I want to go back home because there's no place like home. And then he's talking about these very tangible experiences. Now, for people who live in an urban environment, you may think that's funny that he's referencing a female alligator protecting her hatchlings. But I mean, for people who have grown up in that environment, that is something you very well may see. And so he's writing about a tangible experience from his life. Again, this is something he could actually think back on. He can touch it. He can actually go back home even in his day and see it again. This is not something where we're just talking about things in the abstract that never really happened. And then we get to the chorus here. He says, and Lord, I can't make any changes. All I can do is write them in a song. Because if I can see the, con or excuse me, because I can see the concrete is slowly creeping. Lord, take me in mind before that comes. And so, again, he's talking about the urbanization of all these natural areas and how he does not necessarily like that. He does not like that city life is starting to take over these more rural communities. And he's asking, Lord, take me in mind before that comes. And then in the last verse here, he says, I'm not trying to put down the big city, but the things they write about us is just a bore where you can take a boy out of old Dixie land. Lord, but you'll never take old Dixie from a boy. And so he says, regardless of where my chosen profession may take me, you're never going to take my Southern nature from me. And that that is extremely, I mean, that is touching. If you're from the South, or even if you just like the idea of the South, that is extremely touching that you can take a boy out of old Dixie land. Yes, you may take me, you may put me in Montana, you may put me in Washington State, you may put me in New York. 
but I will never give up the core of what it means to me to be Southern. So that is an extremely powerful message there. And then we close out the song with the chorus. So again, this is called All I Can Do Is Write About It by Leonard Skinner. Beautiful song. And then the next one that we're going to talk about, this is actually one of my mom's all-time favorite songs. And this is by none other than Miss Dolly Parton. And it's called Coat of Many Colors. And so some of y'all may hear these songs and think, well, look, the agrarians, all they wanted to do was, was praise the virtues of being poor. And that's not really what's going on here. It's saying that it's not necessarily a bad thing. You don't need to be ashamed if you're poor. And again, we're going to harken back to that R.L. Dabney New South address where he tells them, look, in old Virginia, a lot of her best statesmen and a lot of her citizens, all they could afford was homespun. And homespun just means homemade clothing. All they could afford was homespun, but their virtues were incorruptible and they were a very virtuous people. So that's kind of the point of this song from Dolly Parton. So it starts off with, Back through the years, I go wondering once again, back to the seasons of my youth. I recall a box of rags that someone gave us and how my mama put those rags to use. There were rags of many colors. Every piece was small and I didn't have a coat and it was way down in the fall. Mama sewed the rags together. So in every piece with love, she made my coat of many colors that I was so proud of. And so there, there we have it. She's got a box of rags and her mama turned those rags into a jacket for her. And then her mama told her the biblical story of Joseph and his coat of many colors and saying, well, look, maybe your coat will bring you good luck and happiness. And then the chorus of this song is my coat of many colors that my mama made for me, made only from rags, but I wore it so proudly. Although we had no money, I was rich as I could be in my coat of many colors my mama made for me. And then the next couple of stanzas are, are, in my opinion, these are the best parts of the song. I'm sure my mom would probably agree. And they go, so with patches on my britches and holes in both my shoes and my coat of many colors, I hurried off to school just to find the others laughing and making fun of me and my coat of many colors my mama made for me. And then she talks about, and no, I couldn't understand it for I felt I was rich and I told him of the love my mama sewed in every stitch. And I told him all the story mama told while she sewed, or mama told me while she sewed and how my coat of many colors was worth more than all their clothes. And then she closes it out. This is a very, very powerful verse here. And again, this is a, I don't know if Dolly Parton was even aware of who R.L. Dabney was. Uh, actually, Dolly is still alive. So I don't know if she knows who R.L. Dabney is. But this last verse, it literally could have been taken right from his New South Address. So he, she says here, But they didn't understand it, and I tried to make them see that one is only poor, only if they choose to be. Now I know we had no money, but I was rich as I could be, and my coat of many colors my mama made for me. And again, that, that's almost like she could have taken it straight out of Dabney's New South Address when he was speaking to Hamden Sydney College. So very, very awesome song here. Again, this is one of my mom's all-time favorite songs. I like it a lot too, but she, my mom just really loves it. She's kind of over the top for Dolly Parton, so you can't, you can't tell her that Dolly has ever done any wrong. It's kind of funny. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is one by Florida Georgia Line. This one is called Dirt, and I'm going to be up front with y'all. I don't really like Florida Georgia Line. This is honestly the only song I care for by them. I don't like a lot of this new country really at all. I like Chris Stapleton's okay, and I actually really do enjoy Jamie Johnson. But I don't like Florida Georgia Line. So full disclosure here, but this is a good song. So I would still still recommend listening to this one. But again, it's called Dirt. And it's basically just a song talking about a family plot of land and everything that this plot of land means to that family. And if you ever watch the music video, I'll again be fully honest here. 
they did an incredible job with this because it actually starts off with them having a funeral for the the matriarch of the family so this is a wonderful song uh, but it starts off you get your hands in it plant your roots in it and that is very agrarian that is one thing that and i'll take my stand that's really what they were talking about is putting down roots taking your stand and fighting so you get your hands in it plant your roots in it dusty headlight dance with your boots in it and then dirt uh, they they kind of say that in the background so anytime you hear me say dirt it's like the other guy in the group is, is saying that in the background you write her name on it spend your tires on it build your cornfield whiskey bonfires on it dirt you bet your life on it and then we get to the chorus it's that elm shade red rust clay you grew up on that plowed up ground that your dad damned his luck on that post game party field you circle up on and when it rains you get stuck on drift a cloud back behind county roads that you run up and mud on her jeans that she peeled off and hung up her blue-eyed summertime smile looks so good that it hurts makes you want to build a 10 percent down white picket fence house on this dirt and this is very powerful again it's talking about owning your own piece of land and think back to some of the recent episodes we've done talking about the great reset corporate landlords all that mess and that's exactly what they're trying to take away from people they want them funneled ever increasingly into large metro urban areas and they want to take away any chance of ownership any chance of forming a real attachment to hearth and home you know kith and kin soul land all that good stuff and this song is, is kind of a middle finger to that. They're saying, no, th this is what life is all about. So again, this is a very wonderful song, and I would recommend watching the music video to it, but it's called Dirt by Florida Georgia Line. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is one that I love. My grandma actually adored this song. She's the one who introduced it to me, but it's called Mr. Jones by Big Al Downing. And this one is just wonderful because it talks about the interracial relationships, uh, not necessarily in the South, although Big Al was from, I believe, Oklahoma. So you still have some Southern influence there. So and Big Al Downing was a black artist and he, he was actually he was awesome. I really like Big Al Downing. But this song is talking about racial relationships at a given point in time in a rural community, not necessarily the South uh, or at least not referenced in the song. And the song starts off with a really pretty harmonica piece, and then we have the opening lyrics, which are, he was an old black country farmer driving home another load of hay. So again, we have, you know, an old, probably at this point, an old black sharecropper who's driving home a load of hay. When he came upon an accident on a lonely county highway, he could hear a baby crying, see the folks as they lay dying, and the mother said with her final breath, the baby has no kin, won't you please take him in? give him love and give him all your best now you don't know this yet but this is a white baby this is a white mother asking an old black sharecropper will you please take my baby we've had this wreck uh, obviously she's she's not going to be able to say that because she's dying but uh, the song is saying with her final breath she's asking this old black sharecropper hey will you please take my baby and raise him as your own and then big al goes on in the song here so he took him to the big house where he worked as a sharecropper from that day on, he never was alone. And when the little white boy cut his hand from picking berries, he came running, crying to Mr. Jones. And then we get to the chorus, which I, I honestly, it, it's an awesome chorus and very emotional. Um, depending on what your state of mind is when you listen to it, may actually even move you to tears at some point. But it says, I'm in trouble. Come and get me, Mr. Jones. You're the only one to help me in this world. I'm so alone. Yes, I love you and I need you, Mr. Jones. I'm in trouble. Come and get me, Mr. Jones. And so here we have this little white kid who's asking this old black sharecropper, like, Mr. Jones, I love you and I need you. Please come and get me. Please come and get me. 
And so then the song kind of takes a sad turn, not going to lie. Um, so that, that little sweet boy who grew up picking berries then grew up and got in trouble with the law and on the double. Soon his name was known throughout the land. He robbed a bank in Dallas, killed a man in Oklahoma. Each time he'd pick the phone up in his hand. And each time the county sheriff stopped by, a part of Mr. Jones would die. And from his eyes, the tears began to run. And he began to pray that he'd live to see the day he'd hold the boy he raised just like a son. And then we have the chorus again. And then in the final verse of the song, we have the young man who has now gotten to a point in life where he's gotten in so much trouble, he doesn't really have any prospects of getting out of it. So the final verse is, one Saturday night as he lay in jail, talking about the, the young white man, for fighting and just raising hell, that Sunday morning he picked up the phone, and as the phone was ringing, back home and church a choir was singing, I'm going home for Mr. Jones. And when the choir stopped singing, that telephone, it just kept on ringing. And they slowly lay Mr. Jones to rest. And there are those that say, well, Mr. Jones, he passed away from a broken heart and just plain unhappiness. And that is, that is so sad. You have this, again, old black sharecropper who raised this white man like his own son. And we have a point in time where he's dying from a broken heart, or at least that's what the rumor around town is. So th the song does get very sad at the end of it. Uh, but overall, I would say this is an uplifting message because it's talking about the ability of the races to coexist peacefully and in some cases even harmonically. So really awesome song. Again, it's called Mr. Jones by Big Al Downing. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is another one from the band Alabama. And this one is High Cotton. And it, again, just a full-on endorsement of the agrarian lifestyle. So starts off, we didn't know the times were lean. Around our house, the grass was green. It didn't seem like things were all that bad. I bet we walked a thousand miles chopping cotton and pushing plows and learning how to give it all we had. As life went on and years went by, I saw the light in daddy's eye and felt the love in mama's hands. They kept us warm and kept us fed, taught us how to look ahead. Now looking back, I understand. We were walking in high cotton, old times that are not forgotten. Those fertile fields are never far away. We were walking in high cotton, old times there are not forgotten. Leaving home was the hardest thing we ever faced. And so here we have the dilemma that Richard Weaver talked about, again, with that Southern Rumspringa, where you have this Southerner who has left the farm, but now he's looking back and he's like, you know what? Yeah, maybe we were poor, but man, we had family and times were actually really good then. We were actually walking in high cotton. And uh, for those of you who don't know, that's a Southern saying, if you're walking in high cotton, that, that means you're on cloud nine, or you know that means that you're having really good fortunes and, and things of that nature. So he's saying, yes, even though maybe we didn't have all that much money, because we had each other, that's what it meant, that we were walking in high cotton. So very awesome song here. Again, I really enjoy the band Alabama, and this is one of my favorites by them. So the next song that we're going to talk about is one that my uncle actually introduced me to about two or three years ago. He actually just randomly uh, asked me one day as, as I was talking to him, had I ever heard this song. This is by the storyteller, Tom T. Hall. And the name of the song is called Homecoming. And it, again, kind of a sad song, but it starts off, I guess I should have written dad to let you know that I was coming home. I've been gone for so many years, I didn't realize you had a phone. And so again, here we have that Southern Rumspringer. Now in this song, uh, just to kind of spoil it a little bit, the young man has decided he's actually going to stay away from it. So even though he left and he's come back for a little bit, ultimately he's going to say that his career is more important and he's actually going to leave again but the next verse here i saw your cattle coming in boy they're looking mighty fat and slick 
I saw Fred at the service station, told me that his wife is awful sick. And so even though this young man's been gone for a while, he still re- recognizes some of the community folks there, and, and he's still got some local concerns about the cattle and things of that nature. So even though at the end of the song, he's still going to choose to go away from it, it still has not really left him. So he's still feeling it. He's just making a conscious decision to tamp down those feelings. So then we're going to go to another verse here. And he says, I'm sorry that I couldn't be here with you all when mama passed away. I was on the road. And when they came and told me it was just too late, I drove by the grave to see her. Boy, that really is a pretty stone. I'm glad that Fred and Jan are here. It's better than you being here alone. And so that that's kind of sad. He, he missed out on his mother's death. And now he's only able to come back and, and see the tombstone. And then at the end of the song, we have, well, dad, I got to go. We got to dance to work in Cartersville tonight. Let me take your number down. I'll call you and I promise you all right. Now you be good and don't be chasing all those pretty women that you know. And by the way, if you see Barbara Walker, tell her that I said hello. And so again, this is this is a sad song because th- uh, this is Weaver's Rumspringer or Weaver's Southern Rumspringer, whatever you want to call that. And again, the, the man in this song is making the decision that, yes, I've come back. I, I've seen the people I needed to see and now I'm leaving again and, and I'm going away from it. So this is uh, the only song on the list where that particular decision gets made. Uh, So this would not be considered a vindication of Southern principles, at least in my opinion. But it is still a really pretty song, albeit a sad song. And then the next one that we're going to talk about is another one by Leonard Skinner. And this is a very iconic song from them. Uh, It's Simple Man. So everybody, I think, has heard this song at least once. So I'm not going to really read the lyrics of this, but we're just going to talk about some of the meaning here. So Simple Man, it's basically it's a young man who's about to go out on his own and face probably Weaver's Rumspringa. And his mom is talking to him and telling him, you know, you need to be a simple man. Be be something that you can love. You know, when when you look in the mirror, be something that you can be proud of. Be something that you can understand. And don't don't get caught up in the rat race. Don't don't become a monster, basically, is what she's telling him. And this is a very powerful song, again, because it's a mom telling her son, Keep your agrarian roots, keep your rural and your southern way of life, and you'll always be able to look yourself in the mirror. So wonderful song here. Again, Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. And then the next one that we're going to talk about is one of my very favorite songs. Um, I actually sing this one in front of our church whenever I go back home. This is a song, the version I like is sung by Hank Williams. I'm not sure who actually wrote it, but it's called The Old Country Church. And the first stanza here is, There's a place dear to me where I'm longing to be with my friends at the old country church, where with mother we went and our Sundays we spent with our friends at the old country church. And so, again, religion was very important to the agrarians. You you have to have a God with thunder. That's what John Crow Ransom actually wrote uh, an extended essay about that called God Without Thunder, where he talked about what happens when God is no longer vengeful. And so this is an endorsement of that, where Hank Sr. is basically saying, yes, this is the very precious place to me. These are where all of my memories are. It's where my childhood happened. And then we have the next verse, which is, how I wish that today all the people would pray, like we prayed in that old country church. If they'd only confess, Jesus surely would bless as he blessed in that old country church. And then we get to the chorus where it's precious years of memories. Oh, what joy they bring to me and how I long once more to be with my friends at the old country church. And then the last verse of the song is kind of sad. I mean, it's a little morbid, but he says, 
Off my thoughts make me weak, for so many uh, now sleep in that grave near the old country church. May I rest with my friends in that grave in the end, in the grave near the old country church. And for those of you who haven't had a chance to see this, if you go down south, uh, you know, they call the south the Bible Belt, but if you go down south and see a lot of these small country churches, they they have little family cemeteries out there. Uh, maybe not necessarily family cemeteries, although one family does typically dominate them. But they have these church cemeteries out there, and that that's where a lot of the members do end up getting buried. When when they pass away, they, they kind of just go out in the backyard and hang out there for all of eternity. So this is a very morbid verse, but again, it, it's also a very strong verse because that's Hank saying, you know, w- when my time comes, I, I could never ask for anything more than to be put back here in the graveyard with all my friends. And so, again, this song is called The Old Country Church by Hank Williams Sr., and it's one of my very favorite songs by him. This, and then if you like his gospel music, uh, obviously he's got I Saw the Light, but he's also got another one called Angel of Death that that is just really, really good. So Hank Williams Sr., The Old Country Church, and then the next song that we're going to talk about is one that came out in the early 2000s, and this is actually from a sort of pseudo version of Leonard Skinner. Um, their lead singer at this time, it's actually Ronnie's younger brother, Johnny. And so Johnny tried to do a, a country crossover. I actually really enjoyed this song, but he, he didn't really stick around too long in this. So I don't know if it didn't have a lot of success or what, but this song is called help somebody. And it starts off talking about, well, granddaddy was a hillbilly scholar, blue collar of a man. He came from the school where you didn't need nothing. If you couldn't make it with your own two hands. Well, he was backwoods, backwards, used the words like, no, sir, yes, ma'am, by God, be darn. Hell yeah, I'm American. And all the years he walked this earth, that's where all he did was work. He said, the devil dreams on an idle horse, so you listen to me squirt. And then we get to the chorus, which is, don't get too high on the bottle and get right with the man. Fight your fights, find the grace, and all the things that you can't change, help somebody if you can. And so that's extremely agrarian. That is extremely agrarian. Here he's talking about his old grandpa who works the land and just kind of tinkers around on the farm with anything he can get his hands on. But he's always doing something. He's always trying to do the right thing. So this is an awesome song. Again, it came out, I think, roughly around like 2003 to 2005, somewhere in there. And I like this song a lot. So Help Somebody by Van Zant. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is another Alabama song. This one is Song of the South. And I'm sure all of you have heard this song at least once or at least heard somebody singing it. Uh, So it's song, song of the South, sweet potato pie and a shut my mouth. Gone, gone with the wind. Ain't nobody looking back again. And this song, I don't really agree with the messaging behind it. It is a very catchy tune, but this is actually a big time endorsement of the FDR programs, especially those intended to help the agricultural section of the country at the time. So we have the first verse here, cotton on the roadside, cotton in the ditch. We all picked the cotton, but we never got rich. Daddy was a veteran, a Southern Democrat. They ought to get a rich man to vote like that. Now, what's funny about that is if you go back to the original platform that FDR ran on, he was actually running on like an older style when the Democrats were actually the party of freedom platform. And once he won the office, he proceeded to turn his back on every single bit of that, and he doubled down. He actually called out his predecessor for uncontrollable government spending and all that. And I know some of you may not have known that, and you hear that and think, wow, FDR calling out somebody for too much government spending? There's there's no way. But yes, that is true. He ran on a on one platform and then turned his back and completely did away with that. But this song is actually praising the things that FDR did. Uh, so they, at least ostensibly to help the people, I, I think he 
shackled us with eternal chains at that point. But that's neither here nor there. So the next point, or excuse me, the next verse of the song is, well, somebody told us Wall Street fell. We were so poor that we couldn't tell. Cotton was short and the weeds were tall, but Mr. Roosevelt's going to save us all. Well, Mama got sick and Daddy got down. The county got the farm and we moved to town. Papa got a job with the TVA. We bought a washing machine and then a Chevrolet. And then we have the chorus again, which is the song, Song of the South. So good song uh, as far as the tune. Again, I don't really agree with the message in there, but they're talking about being thankful for the programs that were directed to try to help the agricultural sections of the country. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is a really fun one. And this is agrarian in the sense that it's praising the customs of family, right? So it's praising keeping these family traditions. And this song was actually written by Tom T. Hall, but it was performed by Mel McDaniel. And it's called Louisiana Saturday Night. And it starts off with the chorus where you get down the fiddle and you get down the bow. You kick off your shoes and you throw them on the floor. Dance on the kitchen till this morning light, Louisiana Saturday Night. And so this calls back a lot of fond memories for me because growing up, I'm not exaggerating you guys. So every Friday night, we knew that we were expected to go to, to my paternal grandparents' house. And then every Saturday, we basically spent all day at my maternal grandmother's house on my mom's side. They, they were actually divorced. So, uh, But on every Saturday, we would go to my maternal grandmother's house and everybody would be there. So it would be me, my mom, my dad, my cousin, my uncle, my aunt, my grandma, obviously, and at least roughly once a month or so, uh, she would even have the extended family there. So like all the great aunts and uncles and things of that nature. And they actually, even though my grandmother has since passed away, uh, they still do that. So it, once a month now, they, they do what they call the sibling gatherings, which, which is the um, oldest generation of our fam that side of the family left. And they get together every month still. So I'm glad that they do that. But in, in the past, we got together every Saturday night over there. And then the first verse of this song is waiting in the front yard, sitting on a log, single shot rifle and a one-eyed dog. Yonder come my kinfolk in the moonlight, Louisiana Saturday night. Uh, now, our gatherings were not quite as hillbilly-ish as what this may sound to some people out there who are not familiar with this lifestyle. Basically, what we would do, do is get together and just kind of visit all day. Uh, my grandma used to love to blare bluegrass music, and it would drive my dad and my uncle crazy. But her and my mother absolutely loved it. Their favorite was probably the Chuck Wagon Gang, uh, but they were also really fond of the cathedrals. So uh, keep that for you know for what it's worth. But our gatherings were not quite like this. We we weren't just sitting outside waiting around w with a single shot rifle, telling people don't come on my you know you know don't come on my yard or anything like that. So very fun song again. This is Louisiana Saturday Night by Mel McDaniel, and then the next one that we're going to talk about is Rocky Mountain High by John Denver. And this is one of my top two favorite songs by John Denver. Depending on what day you ask me, my favorite one would be either this or Country Roads Take Me Home. And so this song is talking about a guy who's running away from city life, or he, he's getting away from city life, and he's going back to nature. So it starts off, he was born in the summer of his 27th year, coming home to a place he'd never been before. Left yesterday behind him, you might say he was born again, might say he found a key for every door. When he first came to the mountains, his life was far away on the road and hanging by a song but the strings already broken and he doesn't really care it keeps changing fast and it don't last for long and then we get to the chorus but the colorado rocky mountain high i've seen it raining fire in the sky the shadow from the starlight is softer than a lullaby rocky mountain high rocky mountain high and so again very powerful song here because here is kind of the reverse uh, of the southern rumspringle we have a guy instead who was probably born and raised in a metro environment 
But he decided to leave all that behind and seek a life more in harmony with nature, more connected to his own life and actually living his life, not just watching it passing by. So this song was released in 1972, again, by John Denver, Rocky Mountain High, great song here. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is one that I absolutely love, and it's got a lot of strong agrarian roots here. But it's called Pass It On. Tracy Bird recorded this song for a Mossy Oak conservation campaign. I have never been able to find this song on an album. So if you want to listen to it, the only way I know of to find it is if you look it up on YouTube. And you can just search it. Uh, you can search Pass It On, Tracy Bird, or you can even look up Mossy Oak song by Tracy Bird. But it starts off, Mossy Oak Swamp Bottom Dew Drop Fallin', Old Time Answer in a Hoot House Callin', Nothing Like the Sound When the Day Breaks, Me and Daddy in the Woods on Saturday. You see, his granddaddy hunted these hills, and I hope someday that my kids will. He said, do me a favor before I'm gone, love this land, and pass it on. So here we have potentially up to four generations living in the same area, having the same common experiences. And so that that's extremely powerful because, again, the agrarians envisioned a world where you would have these extremely strong nuclear family units, but also extended family units, where you keep that generational continuity and you keep the memory of everything alive. And then the next part that we're going to talk about of this song is on the day that I turned 21, my dad walked in with an old shotgun. He said, this belonged to your grandpa. It's yours now, son. So handle it with love and pass it on. And so I actually do, I was fortunate enough, I actually did get my grandpa's shotgun. So he gave it to my dad, uh, and this was my maternal grandpa. He gave it to my dad probably back around like 2005 or 2006. Um, he just randomly one day showed up to the house and, and told daddy, like, here, you, you, you know, you can have this. I'm not really going to use it anymore. And then when he passed away, uh, before I left home, I actually got that gun. And it's still at my parents' house. I, I don't have it here with me in Colorado, but... That gun is still in the family, and that gun is obviously a lot older than I am, but it means something. You know, we, we kept it. We held on to it. And so it's a tangible link with the past because I still have very fond memories of my grandpa from before he died. And I like this song so much, I actually have an alternative wallet. Um, I have a like a, a metal wallet that has a leather covering on the outside of it. It's made by Trayvax. If y'all ever want to look into that, into that company, they make some really good wallets. But I actually like the song so much. Um, when I had that wallet customized, I had them put Pass It On on the back of it. I had them engrave that. So this song is very powerful in the generation that it's telling, it, or excuse me, in the story that it's telling, rather. It's talking about generation to generation, loving the land, being a good steward of it, and passing it on to those who come after you. So wonderful song here again called Pass It On by Tracy Bird. And then the last song that we're going to talk about is one from David Allen Coe. And David Allen Coe is funny because he was a Yankee, but he always seemed to wish he had been rather born in the South. And he's got one song he actually references himself uh, as the one who at 23 turned out to be that Yankees rebel son. So he had an affinity for the South. He didn't always use that for good. He, he does have some stuff that would uh, not be smiled upon in polite society as far as his music is concerned. But this song in particular is called Family Reunion. And again, this kind of, when I listen to it, it kind of takes me back to when we had all those family gatherings every week when I was younger. But the lyrics start off, Mama taught us how to sing in harmony. Grandma used to stomp her foot and slap her knee. And that just reminds me before we proceed here, my grandma on my mom's side loved Johnny Horton. Absolutely loved him. And when I first started learning how to play the guitar, one of the first songs I learned how to play was Springtime in Alaska by Johnny Horton. And my grandma would uh, play the part when I would play that song for her because, you know, when, when we go over there, she'd get me to play a song for her when I first started learning how to play. 
she'd say, why don't you play that song for me? And so I'd play it. And when I would play it, she would play the part of Redheaded Lil. So if y'all don't know the song Springtime in Alaska, there is a female in the background who does the background vocals. And, and she does like a lot of, um, I guess you would say scaled humming. And my grandma would try to do that. And in her older age, uh, my mom's voice wasn't quite as strong as it, as it had been when she was younger. So <laughs> she didn't do a very good job of it, but it was still a lot of fun. And uh, honestly, I mean, I'd mess up a lot on the guitar at that point because I was just learning. So I, I wasn't always doing the best job of it either. But we sure did have a good time when, when we get together and sing that. So my mom was redheaded Lil and I was playing the part of Johnny Horton. And then the next part of family reunion, though, getting back to the song in question here, is I can still hear Daddy sing down by the old mill stream. When Uncle Jim played the fiddle, you could hear it talk, you could hear it sing. And it echoed down the mountain through those Georgia pines, ran through Tennessee just like that old moonshine. Old Joe Clark, Cripple Creek, and you get your gun. I guess small town favorite was that fox on the run. And then the next part is Grandpa played the dobro till the break of dawn. Me, I had this guitar and I'd strum along. Carol played the washboard and the tambourine. Little Mary Beth would always help us sing. And so that part reminds me, at the Christmas gatherings that we used to have, um, I, I, my great uncles were all very musical. They're very, very musical. And they, they would get together and they, they would have their guitars and everything else. And we'd all get around, you, you know, and sing Christmas carols. Um, once I got old enough where I could play, I, I introduced some more um, non-traditional stuff, at least for Christmas time. You know, I wanted to play Skinner and all that. So, but that brings back a lot of good memories because you would have all these, you know, all these things here that are tangible where you get together, you make music, and you can find documentaries on YouTube about this too. Uh, it's like Mountain, I think it's called Mountain People Make the Best Music. And it talks about the importance of those extended family units getting together and making their music, having a good time. So, a very awesome song. Again, this is called Family Reunion by David Allen Coe. So that's going to wrap us up. Again, this is the final category of our Southern Cultural Continuity Through Music series. And this category is focused on the agrarian aspect of the Southern way of life. So thank you all so much for your time and for tuning in. Please remember, if you find value in the podcast, to consider becoming a supporting listener. And don't forget to help fuel the Jeffersonian revolution by using the link in the show notes page to purchase your goldbacks today. And all right, with another episode in the books, thank you again for tuning in, and I will talk to you all next time. <laughs>